Greetings to all of you. I want to welcome all of us at Center Street Church. Uh, wherever you are, whether you're watching this on television or computer, a tablet or phone, uh, we are so grateful for technology that we can still connect and worship together and hear from God's Word. In my interactions with people in the last couple of weeks, I've heard statements like these over and over. I've never seen anything like this. We are living in unprecedented times. Welcome to the new normal. And today the buzzwords are social distancing and quarantine. Wow, it feels surreal, like a dream. What in the world is going on? And as you hear more about this pandemic continuing, not just for weeks, but possibly months, as you look at statistics and what are the odds of you getting the virus, as you get a glimpse of the impact of all this on our economy and the time it's going to take to rebuild, feelings of anxiety and fear surge inside of us. And this is not just North America. This is impacting the whole world. This is a global phenomenon. Nothing like we have ever witnessed. People are already talking about the resurgence of the virus and second wave. Every hour we are inundated with information that just keeps changing. It appears that life has just come to a standstill. And I realize even our children are not exempted from the stress. Our oldest son, who is nine years old, at times talks in his sleep. And this past week, I heard him mumbling in the middle of the night, and I leaned over to listen to what he had to say, and I heard these words very clearly. Daddy, you're going to get the coronavirus. Well, I hope he doesn't have the gift of prophecy. A fast asleep, and yet the subconscious mind is at work relaying the fears. You know, in light of all that's happening worldwide, is there any security at all for our life? Can we ever have any stability in the midst of the crisis? Can we experience peace and calm when there is chaos abounding? And I want you to know that the Bible is not an outdated book written centuries ago, but this is the living word of God. And when we open the pages of this book, God speaks to us clearly. Words of comfort and reassurance. Words that give us the right perspective. Words we desperately need to hear in a time such as this. There is an imagery of God in the Bible that Christians all through the ages have turned to in seasons of difficulty. In moments of distress, this image of God is calming and reassuring. And as a pastor, I have used this metaphor countless times to bring comfort to individuals and families walking through the valley. And what I'm referring to is this beautiful picture in the Bible of God as our shepherd. When God is our shepherd, no matter our dilemma, no matter our predicament, we can be secure. 
The image of God as our shepherd relieves us of our fears and calms us of our anxiety. At times when we are helpless and feel desperate, know today from the Bible that Jesus is our shepherd. He is the good shepherd who cares for his sheep. I'm going to read these uh, familiar words from John chapter 10. And as we always do at Center Street Church, wherever you are, would you please stand to honor the reading of God's Word? Uh, We may not be physically gathered in one place, but we are the church, the body of Christ. So let's look at John chapter 10, verses 27 to 30. Would you please read this with me? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Do you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the gift of your voice in times like these, that we can find stability and comfort amidst the uncertainties that are surrounding us. Lord, would you speak to us even today in a fresh new way, that you will cause these words to come alive in our hearts, that fear will be replaced with faith, that anxiety will be removed and our hearts will be filled with hope. So we give this time, Lord, to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Help us to be in tune with your voice. We ask this in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Our understanding of God profoundly impacts who we are and how we live our life. That is why wrong images of God can have a destructive effect. The God that Jesus revealed to us is good and trustworthy. In Him, we have a sure foundation that cannot be shaken even by the uncertainties of life. In John chapter 10, Jesus identifies Himself as the good shepherd. And that word, good, actually means excellent, exemplary, beyond comparison. It speaks of the character of the shepherd. You know, in an agricultural society like Israel, the image of sheep and shepherds were used to describe the relationship between God and his people. While leaders are called shepherds in the Old Testament, the shepherd par excellence is God himself. The shepherd metaphor is one of the tender portrayals of God in the Bible. Now I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 40, verses 10 and 11. It says, yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. Now you'll see that the metaphor is going to change. Uh, Isaiah is bringing a new metaphor here. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. 
He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. After, do you see that after depicting the power of God in verse 10, there is a subtle shift in metaphor. And Isaiah says, this is how God demonstrates his power. This is how he rules, by gently caring for the flock. The weakest flock are not despised, but carefully attended to. God carries the little lambs ever so tenderly close to his heart and helps the mother sheep to walk. That is why in several places in the Bible, God is referred to as the shepherd, good shepherd, the great shepherd, and the chief shepherd. The image of a shepherd describes God's tender heart for his people. I want to walk you through the text that we read from John chapter 10 about the good shepherd. And I pray that in the midst of all the fear and uncertainties that are surrounding us today, that our hearts will be filled with a deep sense of security and hope that comes from knowing Jesus as our good shepherd. Look at verse 27, the first part. My sheep listen to my voice. If you are a sheep that belongs to Jesus' fold, you have access to his voice. Now, a sheep is not a smart animal. In fact, they are known for their lack of intelligence. Now, have you ever seen a sheep performing in a circus, doing tricks? You know, you can't train a sheep. Sheep are dull creatures. But there's one thing that they're really good at, and that is in recognizing the shepherd's voice. A different flocks of sheep may graze together, but a shepherd separates his flock from others by issuing a distinct call. They immediately recognize that familiar voice and respond to the shepherd. A unique privilege we have as being part of God's flock is we have access to his voice. A sheep is safe as long as they can hear the voice of the shepherd. It is only when they wander away where they cannot hear the shepherd's voice that they get themselves into trouble. And that is true of us. If we are in tune with the reassuring voice of Jesus, whatever our circumstances may be, we are okay. The challenge for our generation is to hear the voice of God in the midst of all the noise that's surrounding us. In our 21st century world, we are bombarded with information. You know, this past couple of weeks, I don't know about you, but I must confess that I've been watching the news more than I should. Looking at social media posts more than I normally do. Now, I've been reading and researching on coronavirus as though I am leading the task force solving this global crisis. How it originated, what are the symptoms, how long the virus can survive, in what surface, on and on. Do you notice today that every Tom, Dick, and Harry speak as if they are Harvard scientists? Everyone is an expert on social media 
offering their ingenious advice on stopping the spread of coronavirus. Now, I have too much information on the subject, and I don't know what to do with it. Do you know what has happened to me as a result? It has started to create feelings of anxiety within me. And this is what God has been teaching me. My level of panic and anxiety is in direct proportion to whose voice I'm listening to. In a time of crisis like this, the flood of information is not necessarily helpful. They can be the very source of panic. All day long, our news channel focuses on COVID-19. And when we are exposed to such fear-mongering news 24 by 7, it inevitably has an adverse effect on us. Now, I'm not saying that we should disconnect ourselves or not be well informed. But let's not begin our day with these things. Let's not dwell all day on what's happening, what's the latest news on the subject, what's the breaking news. Instead, quieten your heart in the presence of Jesus. Open his word and let him speak. The voice of Jesus brings hope and a new perspective. We hear the words of the psalmist in Psalm 29, verses 4 to 11, as how the psalmist describes the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord, as the psalmist says, is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. You know, those are giant trees, keep in mind. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, all cry glory. And now you will see the shift in imagery again there, where after hearing the voice of the Lord, the psalmist says, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. You see the impact of the voice of the Lord? If you only hear the voice of news anchors and people on social media and these so-called experts, you will think that the world is spinning out of control. But you hear the voice of Jesus and you receive the assurance that God is enthroned. He is king. Jesus is Lord. He reigns. The world is not spinning out of control. God is still on the throne. And that is why the time that we set apart for God in our day is so important. It's pivotal. It's a non-negotiable in times like this. Our quiet times are not just motions that we go through, but it is our connection to heaven. Now look at what else Jesus says 
in our text. The last part of verse 27. I know them and they follow me. The shepherd knows every sheep individually. They all may look the same to us, but the good shepherd knows the sheep in his flock. He calls them by name. They are not just anonymous, lost in the flock, but they carry an individual identity. That is the same way how Jesus relates with us. We're not just a bunch of Christians all lumped together. Each one of us are precious and valued in his eyes. As you read the four Gospels, I want you to notice how many personal encounters Jesus has with people. This is God ministering here on earth for a brief period of 33 years, out of which only three years were dedicated to public ministry. His time was so precious, right? One would think Jesus would maximize his time by ministering to tens of thousands of people. However, it is stunning to see how much time Jesus takes for personal encounters and conversations with people. And he ministers to them with the same passion and intensity like he does when he speaks to the crowds. You know, in the Gospel of John alone, you see Jesus met Nicodemus by night. He met the woman at the well of Samaria. He met a paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda. He spoke to a, a man born blind in John chapter 9. In other gospels, we read as he walked through Jericho, he saw a little man on top of a tree and he called to him, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to have a lunch appointment with you. He met Matthew, the tax collector, and told him, rise up and follow me. See, Jesus took time for people because individuals matter in the kingdom of heaven. Through all these centuries, every believer who has come to faith in Christ has come through a personal encounter with him. Jesus makes a personal covenant with every Christian. So you are not just part of the thousands or the millions. You are valued as an individual. Your name is written in the palm of his hands. He knows you, everything about you, inside out, and he still loves you. Pastor Tim Keller puts it this way. What we want is to be utterly known and utterly loved. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear, but to be fully known and truly loved is well, a lot like being loved by God. Think about this. Jesus knows us fully and yet loves us unconditionally. Now, if you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, and you are fearful of all that is happening around us, 
this may be God's invitation to you to put your trust in him and find the peace and the security that only Jesus can bring. Not only now does the shepherd know his sheep, but our text says the sheep know the shepherd as well. The sheep follow the shepherd's leading. They are confident that the shepherd who knows them has their best interest. The shepherd goes ahead and leads them from the front. That is the way God does. He does not drive us or force us. He leads us. He provides direction, shows us the way to go. I don't know how long this COVID-19 crisis is going to last. The truth is, I don't need to know because I am not following coronavirus. I'm following Christ. Now look at what our text says next. The first part of verse 28. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. The well-being of the sheep is not in its ability to take care of itself. The sheep does not stay healthy because of its ability to eat nutritious food, go regularly for health checkup, or keeping away from the predators. They simply cannot take care of themselves. So the well-being of the sheep is entirely in the hands of the shepherd. In the same way Jesus is saying here in our text, as our shepherd, he takes care of us. He gives us eternal life, life abundant and full. We don't earn it. We don't work for it. It's freely given to us. Now you may ask, what is eternal life? Eternal life is not just speaking of life that goes on forever, but the emphasis is more on the quality of life. If your life is miserable, the last thing you want is for it to go on and on and on. That would be torture. But with Christ, we experience a higher quality of life. And it happens in the here and now, and it will be complete and full when we reach heaven. In total contrast, in total contrast, the world around us battles with fear and insecurity. That shouldn't be surprising given our circumstances, isn't it? Panic buying and stocking up way too many items, more than you need, allowing the growing sense of angst to cause sleepless nights. Do you know what that attitude shows? It shows that there is a virus even more powerful than corona, and it's called fear. That's the world we live in, afraid of everything, panic-stricken. We live in a world of phobias. Our list only seems to be growing longer and longer. And the more we try to protect ourselves, the more insecure we become. Now, if anything this coronavirus crisis has brought to the surface, it is the fact that we simply are not in charge of our life or this world. 
The sudden disruption has caused such insecurity. It has smashed our false sense of confidence. It has exposed how feeble and weak we are. The world has been brought to its knees. It has been a humbling experience. And if there's anything this crisis has taught us, it is this. Our security is not in our health or in our economy. It is in God alone. And I tell you, if you build your life on any other foundation, it is bound to fail. The only firm, unshakable foundation is Jesus Christ. In a world of fear and insecurities, here's a promise from Jesus that is so refreshing. Jesus says in the first part of verse 28, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Look at that word never. The original Greek uses a double negative there. It should be translated, they will never, never perish. And the use of double negative in Greek is the strongest way of negating something. They will never, never perish means it is impossible for them to perish when they are under the shepherd's care. Such a possibility doesn't even exist. For those who hear the voice of Jesus and follow him, the intimacy of his personal care and protection will never, never, never cease. Do we understand the implications of this statement? We may face sickness, but we will not perish. We may face tragedies, but we will not perish. We may be persecuted, but we will not perish. We may even die, but we will not perish. It is this assurance that gives us an extraordinary confidence and courage to face any situation life brings. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, coronavirus cannot take your life. Cancer cannot take your life. No sickness or disease or accidents can take your life. They may kill us, but they don't have the power to extinguish the life that we have received from Christ. I tell you, in the midst of all the negativity in our world today, this is news worth celebrating. Here's the last promise in our text. This is the ultimate picture of security. Look at what Jesus is saying. Let me read verses 28 and 29 together. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. The word snatch, it signifies violence. It is used to describe the attack of the wolf. The sheep are defenseless. They have nothing to fight with. No claws, no sharp teeth. So naturally they are fearful and timid of almost everything. 
But the ultimate security of the sheep lies with the shepherd. And when we become part of Christ's flock, he takes the responsibility to look after us. Just as we have made a commitment to Jesus, Jesus has made a commitment to us, his people. We are not holding on to Jesus with our weak, feeble hands. Jesus is holding on to us. We are safe and secure as a result. Do you know what the hand of God means? It's a figure of speech that points to his sovereign power. The God who is sovereign and mighty, who creates and governs and sustains this entire universe, holds you and me. Those who hear the voice of Jesus and follow him are safe in the mighty hands of the Son and the mighty hands of God the Father. They are working together in partnership. So that's what Jesus means when he says, I and my Father are one. They are unified in their mission. You tell me, you tell me, is there any power or force in this universe greater than the Father and the Son that can pry open their hands and violently snatch us from his grip? Such a possibility doesn't exist. The Apostle Paul understood this and declared with great confidence, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, Neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that glorious? I love it. When the storms of life come, and they do come, we tend to panic. In those very moments, know that the good shepherd has his grip on you. That is the Christian testimony. We are not shielded from the trials of life, but we can testify even in the midst of our trials, God keeps us close to his heart. Jesus journeys with us, promises us peace that is not based on our circumstances. And we have a confidence and security and hope that can never be taken away from us. I don't know about you. I'm feeling a lot better today after hearing what God's word has to speak to us. So I'm going to ask you to just Close your eyes right now because this is an opportunity for us to reflect and respond to what God is speaking to us. It's a wonderful time to ask, Lord, what are you saying to me? And reflect on what you're going to do about it. So as we close our eyes, let's just surrender our fears, our anxieties, 
the uncertainties that are surrounding us, all of that into His capable hands. And in turn, let's receive the peace and the assurance and the confidence and the hope that comes from Jesus. I want to pray for us, but would you just maintain a few seconds of silence just to be open to His voice because the Holy Spirit wants to minister to each one of us during this time. today we see death and destruction we see fears and worries and we pray and we cry out to you for your divine intervention in this world Lord would you stretch forth your nail pierced hands and let your life flow we pray, O oh God, that you will arrest the spread of this virus, that you will put a hedge of protection over your people, over many who are suffering around the world today. And in the midst of all of that, we pray that you will accomplish your good purposes. We believe you are a good shepherd. You are at work in this world. You're not distant. You're not far away. So we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will have your way. Accomplish your plans. And you will use even this tragedy and turn it around and bring something good out of this. I pray for the people of our church. May they stand firm in your promises, in the promises that you have given to us of eternal life and the security that we have in you in knowing that we will not perish and no one can snatch us from your hands. And as this security and assurance fills us, may we go forth, Lord, as ambassadors of the gospel, with the confidence and the hope that we have and share it with the world around us. For we pray these things in the powerful and matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.